Welcome back to the Spinner Rack here at the Marvel New Universe Comics Podcast. We're your hosts, Andy with Mark Hazard Merck, number 11, and Stephen with Kickers Inc., number 11. Started in 1986, the New Universe was an imprint from Marvel Comics dedicated to a more grounded and less fantastic approach to comics and world building. The idea was the world outside your window with real-time progress and reasonably realistic technology, physics, astronomy, biology. Eight new comic series launched in one month set in our world in 1986. Now, as the stories progress into 1987, the world still largely doesn't know about paranormals except for a few secret agencies. With our podcast, you can follow along with us each week as we go through each comic in the order they hit the spinner rack. Or just check out individual comics if you already have a favorite. We'd like to mention our website, kickersinc.com, where you can find out a little bit about us and the comics, and also take a look at the Super Sleuth sweepstakes that's still available, which was run in the new universe from issues two to four, two to six. I think it went about the six, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we will continue to keep promising a uh, updated trivia contest for uh, advanced fans the wheels are in motion we also have a twitter account at kickers inc where we um, let you know what's coming up and we'd like to as always give a shout out to our friends over at the marvel comics new universe fans facebook fan page who have always been very supportive of the show yeah. And uh, so this week, as mentioned, I'll be talking about Mark Hazard Merck, or as we sometimes call it, Lincoln Griffin Merck. Yeah. <laughs> grumble, grumble. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, combat veteran Mark Hazard, not Lincoln Griffin, uh, has been a soldier of fortune since Vietnam, but he's lost his relationship with his son and ex-wife. He tries to put his family back together and reevaluate his life while dealing with the real-world repercussions from his decades of fighting. And this week, the Merc, number 11, uh, Mark Hazard goes after revenge against his Iranian captors and the man that betrayed him to them. Retribution is written by Doug Murray, illustrated by Gray Morrow. Um, so that was the solicitation we got. And then the short version from the checklist is Merc 11, Hazard evens the score with his Iranian captors. And I think we might have mentioned last time that, yeah, they, they start advertising it as just Merc, like Merc number 11, though the title on the comic cover never changes. It's Mark Hazard Merc, as usual. Yeah, the... I don't know if that was like a long range plan or something. Uh, yeah. It, uh, in the, in the inside cover, it's always Mark Hazard colon Merck. <laughs> so for our records, it'll always be in our hearts, Mark Hazard. Um, and this week I'll be covering kickers Inc, which did not change its name. Although, you know, couldn't have hurt. I don't know. <laughs> Top professional football player Jack Magnaconti gains real superpowers, possibly from his shifty scientist brother, but probably from the white event. When his brother is killed, he bands together with his wife and teammates to form Kickers Inc., 
a last resort answer to people who need help, as well as a possible tax scam. This week, Kickers Inc. number 11. If Kickers Inc. was created to assist helpless people in desperate need, then why must Kickers, Darlene Magna Conti, Brick Wall, and Suicide disobey an illegal alien family cruelly exploited by mobbed drug merchants? The stunning answer lies in, in question mark, we trust? Written by Dwight John Zimmerman, penciled by Larry Alexander, and inked by Jerry Taliak. <laughs> Starts with a T. Jerry T. Um, Kickers Inc. number 11, short version. Jack won't be fooled twice, but Jack doesn't realize that this time, nobody's fooling. <laughs> I like that one a lot better than the long one. Yeah, I mean, the long one is honestly how this whole issue feels long, overly wordy, and confusing. <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself, but speak for yourself, hater. Uh, how we will also be discussing from the universe news uh, highlights a um, the official slogan of the new universe uh, contributions that came in that month. Yeah. <laughs> But before then, we've got a Mark Hazard to cover. So, yeah, Mark Hazard, Merc number 11, uh, cover September 87, although it came out June 2nd, 1987. Um, and our cover, again, you know, Mark Hazard, Merc is in the little corner picture above the, t- above the issue number. Mark Hazard, Merck is the title of the book in big blazing flaming letters underneath New Universe. Um, but it's not on the cover this time. Some other schmo. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the cover is a, a nice picture of uh, Lincoln Griffin doing a classic comic book scream face, kicking in a door and shooting a silenced Mac 10 submachine gun, something like that. <laughs> Just needs like a skull on that black t-shirt and uh yeah it's pretty close <laughs> it's it's i think it's one of my it's become one of my pet peeves in comic books when like the artists always draw action scenes or like pinup kind of action scenes and the mouth is always wide open for some reason like i don't think that really happens when people are like concentrating on combat like you know always showing their teeth <laughs> anyway <laughs> But yeah, that, so that's our cover. Mark Hazard is not on our cover. Um, if, if we recall, so this issue is titled Retribution. Uh, Mark Hazard was captured. So he had a mission where he was running as a decoy for smuggling Stinger missiles to Afghanistan. And him and Ritter uh, were flying farm implements, literally uh, to pretend like they were flying the Stinger missiles. Uh, but th- they were captured easily. Um, and Mark Hazard had been imprisoned. And then we got Lincoln Griffin, who ran the successful side of the mission, uh, whose this whole thing was his idea, really, um, gathered up all the mercenaries plus a few extras to rescue Mark Hazard. Uh, so he rounded up all the characters we know and um, even some part of the British Army, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Sergeant Major kind of ran a distraction to blow up part of a base while the rest of them broke in and rescued Mark Hazard. And at the, at the end of the last issue, they had kind of fought their way in 
uh, to and just found Mark kind of waiting there for them. Um, and, and that's where we start. Yeah, he had just killed his guard or something. I think yeah, he, he, was, he, was, he was on the way of freeing himself to a degree. Um, but yeah, so open the comic after the M&M's ad. Uh, we've got Mark Hazard, Merck Retribution, inside an Iranian political prison. Uh, so as mentioned, you know, the solicitation is correct. Uh, Doug Murray, again, with the story. Gray Morrow, again, as artist. Um, it has him and Vince Coletta listed as art, uh, as far as things go. Um, so Vinny might have done more than just inking, but oftentimes he was doing the inking for these books. Yeah, I was that you were right at some point. You were saying that he's done a lot of these books, and uh, yeah, now that you, I'm look on the lookout for Vince Coletta, I see it everywhere. Yeah, you gave him some good work, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this uh, the splash page. I don't know. There's something about the uh, placement of Priestess's sword and her hand <laughs> and everything that's a little suggestive. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it is kind of pointing at Mark Hazard's uh, special parts. <laughs> the sword's got to go somewhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everybody's kind of standing there. Mark says, "Well, you're gonna stand there all day. You're gonna, you're gonna get me loose." <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so so basically, in the beginning, you know, so Mark Hazard's rescued, but he decides that he wants to kill the Iranian leader uh, because. He killed Ritter, who's maybe the pilot from an earlier mission, or maybe some other guy named Ritter, uh, before they escape. Um, and you know, so before they go anywhere, that's that's what he's going to set out to do. So they free Mark from his shackles, you know, you know, kind of help him up, you know, maybe initially looking sort of weak, and they're kind of supporting him, but then you know, no, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's an officer I have to find, the man who killed Ritter. I have to get him before I can leave. So he's insistent. Um, and, of course, everybody else is worried. Well, okay, are you nuts? Uh, the, the Iranian army is going to be after us soon. Uh, but he doesn't care. And there's this sort of odd scene where I'm, I'm not sure what they're going with here, where as Mark Hazard's getting ready to go look for this officer, we see unseen by Hazard, there's an Iranian guard kind of pointing a gun and a silhouetted figure with a sword behind him. Um, and the guard kind of starts to take a shot at Mark Hazard, but takes a sword to the shoulder. Um, and it's uh, Tony Panetta, I think was his name uh, from before. Uh, one of Priestess's students, who's apparently some kind of mustachioed ninja. Uh, chopped him down, he says, pretty sloppy teach this the dude we came for so it seemed kind of disrespectful like you know this guy is like yeah. this this hobo who can't even protect himself from a guard is the guy we're rescuing yeah i, I mean i don't know yeah the the mark is like i gotta do a thing instead of us get us out of here and then he almost gets killed at like two seconds later and you're like yeah this is um not his, yeah. his best light. Um, it's Stop interesting because we just had, I forget if it was uh, Tony or the other uh, student, uh, like chop a guy's arm off last issue. Yeah, and it was, was this like super clean slice with nothing going, no, nothing flying around. And this is a huge splosh of uh, 
I guess black um, ink, which was meant to be blood. So yeah, <laughs> instead of like you know sticking him through or something, he just hacks into the guy's shoulder, which I imagine would involve a lot of screaming and gasping and not immediately. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is this is why like swords are you know. Um, really not a practical weapon for storming an enemy prison <laughs> yeah no maybe a knife or something but but anyway so um uh so what we've got really here in this group is you know mark hazard priestess maul uh the tony with the sword and uh lincoln griffin you know in the group so you know they head out uh run into a, a quick firefight where they cut down some more guards uh priestess puts her sword down for a handgun wisely. <laughs> uh, so they're kind of covering each other, take out the guards. Mark Hazard recognizes the yard where they had executed Ritter. And, um, you know, basically without a whole lot of trouble, finds the officer's door. It's got some perhaps Arabic writing kind of scribbled in it. I wasn't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to guess that's a little uh, fanciful. Um, yeah, it could just be some magic scribbles. Uh, but if, if there was a question that Mark Hazard was wobbly on his legs, well, no, he kicks the door in half and knocks it off of its hinges uh, and uh, comes upon the officer who had been kind of the lead uh, torturer, I suppose, of Mark Hazard, uh, just kind of chilling on his old-fashioned phone. So I guess he wasn't too concerned about all the gunfire. Um yeah, this so, is the closest we get to that uh, the cover, except it's Mark doing it. So, right. no gun. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And weirdly, like, Priestess is like hanging on either Mark or Lincoln Griffin in most panels. Like, she's kind of like hugging Mark and like, oh, because they were kind of shacking up before. But here, after Hazard comes, it breaks in on the guy. She's got like her arm on Griffin in kind of a strange pose i don't get it <laughs> maybe it doesn't mean anything but anyway uh the officer is like what in the name of and he reaches for his gun but you know hazard's got him dead to rights uh so um, like, so... Oh, no priestess has a shuriken there hmm? priestess throws a shuriken at the gun oh okay for. yeah i didn't I, I didn't even pick that up i just thought it was like a a symbol on the uh yeah, it's it's on the holster. <laughs> yeah, it it could uh, easily be, but uh, I think there's motion lines above it. And yeah, no, that's a good catch. I didn't pick that up. Yeah. So reminding us that she runs the ninja school, I guess, right? Literally takes four eyes on each issue to get all the uh, stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> it's not actually a lot of detail in the art either, so I'm surprised I missed that. I was distracted by his old-fashioned phone. Um, he says, so, Mr. Hazard, the positions are reversed. But come now, can you, with your Western morals, really shoot an unarmed man? Uh, Mark Hazard steals one of his cigarettes and just shoots him and says, yep. <laughs> kind of anticlimactic. But he says, all right, now we can get out of here. All right, that guy's dead. <laughs> it's good to get back to the Mark Hazard kill count. That's true. Wow. Right. <laughs> Mark Hazard killed number one. Um, he's not locked in prison in his own book anymore. Um, so on, on to the escape, right? So they still need to get out. Um, 
they head outside and it looks like there's some other captured prisoners or maybe they just rousted up some homeless guys and gave them guns, but <laughs> they don't really mention it. Um, but uh priestess runs into Kim uh, who was outside. Uh, he was the, like her old teacher of some sort who likes to go on combat missions on the side. Maybe also a Vietnam vet. Um, he says, thanks. Oh, he- he he's he looks even less in shape than Tony Panetta. So yeah, I, I like his sweatshirt sweatpants combo he's got going on. Um, well done, thank you. Still, we'd better DD now while we can, which apparently means get lost and was like Vietnam veteran slang. That's what I looked up. Yeah, I I remember it in like movies or something. DD Mao, DD Mao. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to look it up. Um, so um, the Mark mas- Mark mentions uh, that officer must have been talking to somebody. Hopefully we'll be too far away before problems arise. Uh, they get on a boat uh, to escape and start taking off. And we've got kind of an awkward action scene. So they can kind of see a, like a fire in the distance, which is presumably the distraction from Sergeant Major as he they kind of swooped in and like made a big, loud attack. Um, I'm sure that won't create an international incident or anything. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah. Hmm. British officer hmm. attacking sovereign nation. Okay. No, no problem here. Okay. And we have just released some Iranian... Uh, gun merchants or something to get uh, Mark Hazard back to our country. Or something. <laughs> Guess not. Um, but they, they end up getting, their boat ends up getting attacked by, you know, some kind of small attack helicopter. Honestly, it, it looks exactly like the dragonfly GI Joe helicopter from the old toys. Uh, I don't know what kind of uh, actual machine it is, but it starts to kind of fire on them uh, in classic action movie mode. Uh, is missing of course and come comes around for another attack you know they've all got machine guns you know a mounted gun on the boat and they're kind of firing back um and you know as as it's coming around to threaten them again it explodes and we get three kind of cartoonish looking airplanes yeah they're the angles they're drawn at are varied but uh yeah not a lot of detail. I don't know. I remember the British had Harriers. Uh, yeah, think. that was the best I could figure out. Just some sort of British Harrier planes. Um, and, and that's what they say, right? Priestesses. I don't believe it. And Mark's like, they, they were British jets. What in the world? And Griffin's like, well, Beckett's Seychelles. How do you pronounce that? S-E-Y. Well, that's how I always pronounce it in my head, but I've never... Yeah. Tested that Seychelles. against the world. S e y c h e l l yes Seychelles. Seychelles, yeah, they're Seychelles. islands in the Indian Ocean, right? Yeah. So yeah, so Lincoln Griffin, who uh, put this mission together and rounded up everybody, so, yeah, I called in a couple of markers. Um, so yeah, that's quite an international incident. But we're at least we're getting Mark Hazard back, I guess. Um, so yeah, they're heading out. Uh, presumably some time passes here as we kind of, you know, we get a later um, and they're going to some sort of island. They don't really say where, I don't believe, uh, where they're kind of rendezvousing with the rest of the team. So so soon after on the beach, uh, Mark Hazard gets reunited with Treetop. 
Um, <laughs> that would be his uh, former partner, pilot, uh, who he had a serious disagreement disagreement with over a contract and some Nazis back a couple issues ago and uh, shot up his legs a little bit. Um, honestly, I thought Treetop would be back on his feet by now. I went back and looked at the issue and it didn't, didn't look like he blast, like blew out his knees or anything. It just kind of looked like a couple sh- flesh wounds, really, at least in the art. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's but a good question. Maybe um, he's permanently uh, disabled. Or he's just playing it up to try and make Mark feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> but he seems fine. He's like the treetop and he's just smiling. He says treetop. I don't know what. Maul interrupts with, anybody got any hot dogs? Way to ruin the moment, explosive explosion, dude. <laughs> the top's uh, mustache is back. It was. It is back, field. yeah. Maybe it's like a, a fashion accessory. I don't know. Or just grows it really fast. Is uh Yeah, I mean, so it's the, the sort of tearful reunion that we felt like we'd missed, you know, in a previous issue where that like treetop comes back and joins this rescue team uh, even though he and Mark had never made up in between so this is I guess the payoff that uh, the emotional moment that uh, we've been waiting for so okay which gets uh, five words and no inner monologue (laughs) so thanks writer (laughs) there's nothing to go on here (laughs) You did not give us a lot to work with, Doug Murray. I will call you out by name. <laughs> and he's too polite. Don't I, speak his name. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's it. Like, we get next morning, and there's two guys in combat gear and berets who are honestly kind of impossible to identify other than through the conversation. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's Lincoln Griffin and Sergeant Major. Uh, and apparently, they're going on some mission in Afghanistan, Something oh, about boy. some robot suits that have gone haywire <laughs> and are shooting up the place. No, that would be too clever of a crossover. Um, I think it is. Oh, go ahead. We do get an answer to um, whether the uh, person, whether Gar and Mr. Bremby, which were possibly two separate people in the previous issue, are in fact the same person, Gar Bremby. Oh, okay. Yeah. Black man with uh, who's missing an arm that they went to, like an arms dealer. That's right. Um, yeah, he didn't. And then later, there's someone the with a bazooka. Though. So, yeah. there you go. I was happy to find that. Oh, good. Yeah, he didn't really <laughs> do anything. We didn't see him in the invasion force. No, he had a bazooka with Sergeant Major, so he was oh, on, okay. Like, team back, Team B or whatever. Okay, so that that kind of confirms that. So if you work really hard at it, you can figure out what happened to the one-armed guy who sold them guns. Yes. So yeah, so uh, Mark Hazard is trying to give his thank yous. Uh, Lincoln Griffin slips him a note. He says, "I talked to my uh, talked to my grandfather on the radio last night. Here, open this on the way home. Not before. So okay, not before." Um, so Mark Hazard, Mal, and Priestess, you know, and Treetop, maybe flying? We're not really sure. Uh, this, they start heading back uh, in a helicopter, and um, Mark Hazard's got this letter. So he opens it up, and we don't get to see what's 
on it, you know, what Griffin gave him, what that piece of information is, he just gives angry face and crumples it up in his hand, like, mm. <laughs> I'm gonna, what's wrong, Mark? But no words. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, a little scattered, but um, cut to next pages a few nights later, somewhere on the North shore of Long Island. So back in New York, uh, and we basically have an infiltration scene here. Mark Hazard is uh, breaking into a mystery compound. Uh, he's wearing all black, you know, kind of like beanie cap hat. He's got a bag. He's got grappling hooks and gloves and all the good stuff. Um, so uh, presumably this is uh, who blew them in, uh, who got Mark Hazard captured in the first place. Uh, so he does some some kind of clever stuff. There's some... Uh, um, it's not quite barbed wire, but some kind of like sensor barbed wire that he defeats with a little alligator clip and cutting the circuit. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, he's looking for a guard, but he runs into a dog. Turn the page. We got our TSR ad from before. And it says, you know, let's see if Priestess's ninja tricks are any good. So he uses kind of like a blowgun, but it kind of shoots like a knockout gas on the dog. Uh, and it works. So, okay. I guess you can do that. Um, there's a... Sneaks past one guard. Uh, finds another one with a shotgun. Kind of, you know, comes up from behind. Kind of gives him the chokehold. Uh, not really sure. I'm, I'm presuming he's not killing this guard. Uh, he's just yeah, knocking him out like a sleeper. Says should hold him for a few hours. Yeah, it's the uh, move you get when you do... Uh circle i from uh metal gear solid i forget right from behind yeah yeah he's just in the later games you can question them right so where are the other guards oh nice um, something we look forward to so i did not put this gentleman down as a kill count yeah yeah no he should be still alive um so mark hazard defeating the outdoors and the guards outside slipped through a window um and finally we get a peek at who he's after um and so we've got a, a shot from uh, in his study henry gray malkin goes over a confidential report he's thinking to himself so he escaped a formidable man indeed and so it's been a while but this is the guy who's been trying to kill mark hazard for most of the series uh, he sent the assassins for the baseball game uh, and it's basically you know, it seemed like he was going to cause more problems and he had met with uh, and presumably kind of duped uh, Mark Hazard's ex-wife's new husband into kind of leaking information so he could figure out and kind of follow him, uh, causing problems all along. Uh, but yeah, so another showdown. Uh, so Hazard basically, you know, pops in on him, right? He just opens the door more quietly this time. Uh, Gray Malkin has an eye patch and kind of like a, oh, what's the name of that kind of beard that he's got going on? There's always Van Dyke. Yeah, some something similar to that. Um, he's wearing like a Hugh Hefner kind of robe with an ascot. He's got one of those long cigarette holders like Cruella DeVille would have kind of thing going on. So a, a fancy criminal type. Uh, I like that he turns towards Mark on his blind 
missing eye side. <laughs> like, <laughs> good, you clearly can't even see the man. <laughs> um, so, so here, this is the first time these two have met uh, in the comic, though presumably they sort of know each other because we never really got a solid background on why Gray Malkin doesn't like Mark, you know, just interference in some of his dealings in some vague way. Um, but he says, ah, Mr. Hazard, I've just been reading about you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the report on him escaping says, please don't move. You've heard Clint East. This is Mark Hazard says, please don't move. You've heard Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry speech about the most powerful handgun in the world. Well, this one is more powerful. <laughs> yeah. At some point, <laughs> the bullet is going to kill you anyway. But whatever. Uh, he says, yes. What I does it take you. to impress you, Mr. Gray Malkin? Really? <laughs> have any more. Just, you see this bazooka? It will blow your head clean off. And then wreck all of your furniture. He <laughs> <laughs> says, so I can believe that. What may I do for you, Mr. Hazard? So he's trying to play it cool with this long cigarette thingy. He says, I want information. I understand it was you that informed the Iranians of my trip. Who told you? Iranians? I'm afraid I don't understand, mon ami. He's like, okay, he's telling us he's French-ish. Uh, and so he rolls his office chair onto a little square on the ground that makes a click. Uh, and then we see in the next panel that that's his alert for the guards to come who have just been chilling watching TV up until this point. Um, but um, before then, Mark says, no games, Henry. I know if you want to live, dot, dot, dot. But then the guards break in, um, three of them at least. And but Mark Hazard's sort of unfazed. Apparently, he'd been chilling in the chair, uh, sitting opposite him. Um, so shoots one of the guards, kind of dodges some fire using the a big puffy chair. Um, takes out the other guards. You know, again hiding behind couches and stuff. We get like a mini firefight. Uh, the guards don't put up much of a fight. Uh, Gray Malkin pulls a little revolver. Uh, but Hazard shoots it out of his hand. So it basically shoots the gun, uh, blasting it out of his hand, uh, which uh, thankfully they, in, in a non-cartoonish way, like that would really hurt and wreck your hand pretty well, I'm sure. Uh, so I got the disarmed. feeling his hand was kind of exploded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that football player with the fireworks kind of thing, like not much left. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, makes short work of everyone coming after him. He says, "No, Henry, talk, Henry, or I'll let you bleed to death." It's like, right, right, okay. Uh, and in between panels, uh, so next thing he says, and that's the whole story, the truth, I swear. Uh, so we are not privy to what he told him. Um, and for some reason, Mark Hazard's like, "Oh, okay, all right, I believe you. See you later." <laughs> Um, so he's just gonna he's gonna let the guy live, even though clearly he was responsible for him being captured, right? Like anyway, even if he wasn't it's, the one who... yeah, like the mercenary thing, like it's just business. I don't know how personally he takes it if the guy plots against him, but he like betrayal is another level for him, maybe. I'm just yeah. But yeah, so he pulls a move. Um, I mean, this, this is straight out. I, I just watched the Chuck Norris movie, Missing in Action. It was like straight out of that, where right? like, you know, he questions this guy in Vietnam for information, like knife on him, like this is serious. You know, he, he gives it up, 
right? And then as Chuck's walking away, the guy pulls a gun and he has to kill him. Uh, so this, that's what happens here. You know, how, uh, Gray Malkin's still sitting in his chair with his bloody hand, but uh, with his left hand, fires at him. So another gun, I guess. Um, hits Mark kind of in the elbow and the arm, but it really doesn't phase him. He just kind of turns like annoyed and shoots him dead. So that's the end of Gray Malkin. So it should have left well enough alone, Henry. Well enough alone as he's walking out and dripping blood behind him. So not good. Not good. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Where could this be leading? Where could it be leading? <laughs> Surely he's going to a hospital to get himself patched up. and uh, Right. Or at least like, do the tough guy thing and take a piece of your shirt or something. It's definitely, uh, yeah, everything's going fine. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. <laughs> so uh, we get to a little house in Queens. And as it turns out, Mark Hazard has returned to his ex-wife's house with her new husband and his kid all sleeping. Um, so he walks into his wife's bedroom. Uh, his wife and uh, his wife is Joan. The shitty new husband is Gordon. And Scotty is their son. So he walks in and says, Gordon, wake up, Gordon boy, kind of slaps him a little bit. And his wife naturally is like, Mark, what are you doing? Like, it's your new husband, Joan. He set me up, got a friend killed. And she says, you must be crazy. Gordon would never. And in the turn of the century, he says, yes, I would. (laughs) Good move, Gordon. Yeah, this is Gordon. Sorry. Uh, Gordon says, you love him more. Scotty loves him more. Everyone thinks more of him than they do of me. Naturally, that means you kill somebody. Uh, so I tried to get rid of him at that baseball game. Then I tried in Iran, but now I'll do it myself. Um, so yeah, previously, Gordon had been kind of like, just had random business dealings with Gray Malkin. So yeah, he was kind of like sneaking information out of him. At least that's what I read in, through the story uh, what seemed heavily implied um but yeah I, I guess he was doing it on purpose literally trying to get him killed there yeah or we're retconning a little bit here i'm thinking as far as mm. things go but yeah so gordon the ex-husband the spineless guy who uh just wants to be loved uh pulls a gun out of his nightstand and starts firing. So uh, Mark Hazard, who had just taken out three guards and a professional criminal, uh, basically just decides to walk towards Gordon as he's getting shot and totally ignore the gunshots and grab Gordon by the throat, kind of slam him down and somehow kill him very, very quickly. <laughs> um, takes at least two bullets by that. Yeah, it takes at least two shots. Um, Gordon's down. Uh, Scotty comes rushing in uh, his wife's kind of standing there and Mark Hazard slumps over to the ground uh, to everybody just saying dad oh my god oh Mark and, and that's our last page so the the lame ex-husband is shot up Mark Hazard he's down on the ground in a huge bloody black puddle uh, and our last little bit of information is what will happen to Mark Hazard? Continuation in Merck Annual Number One on sale this summer. Hmm. Well, in nineteen eighty-seven, so it's out. You don't have to wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, we we said this came out June two second, so it's um, you didn't have to wait too long, but you know. no, probably two, probably an extra month. Uh, by our reckoning, 
the next issue of Mark Hazard Merc 12 came out and then the annual after that. So yeah, that's what we'll be covering the way we'll be covering it. Yeah. So um but yeah, the the resolution of the Mark Hazard uh storyline will be there apparently. So yeah. We will we'll get to it. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look up any spoilers. Yeah, just hang in there, folks. We'll 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 let you know what happens. Don't worry. So yeah, there's a, a lot going on at the end there. Um since um Doug Murray had taken over, we really hadn't seen the his wife or kid or the new husband or Gray Malkin or any of those things. I was not really thinking any of those threads were going to get tied up, honestly, but they've been kind of left. Uh, Claire Burnett, you were the one who betrayed me. The <laughs> police officer we never saw again. Um, yeah. So yeah what'd you think of this one? <laughs> I, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, the, there's still the frustrations, but the uh, overall, yeah, it's nice to see him tying up things from in, in, even before he he started. And yeah, you get the sense of this was planned for a while and they were, he had this I don't know, six issue, eight issue uh, arc of how to kill Mark Hazard. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we got that thing a few months ago of, uh, you know, which one new universe star will die. And uh, I don't think the troubleshooter counted. Um, so <laughs> no, the, nobody cares about the troubleshooters. So if you start, if you, you calculate out like, well, it'll take some three months to get this issue out and then three, you know, three months to get feedback and blah, blah, blah. So somewhere around issue six, they would probably already decided the, this was going to uh, they were going to wrap up Mark Hazard's story soon. So, mm. and you know, you had this, yeah, the the few months of like now he's looking for work. Now it's hard for him to look for work because he shot his friend and wrecked a contract, and then uh, he gets desperate, and then he gets this decoy job, and someone betrays him, and then so ah, uh, so I'll give him a point points for that. Um, it's frustrating when we you you like Mark Hazard and want more of his story, and you get instead here's Lincoln Griffin, who I guess is younger and cooler to someone. I don't know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still uh, don't really know anything about him. I mean, I did like the um, you know increasing that his friends, Priestess and Sergeant Major, and. Even Garb Rembry, you know, they're additions to the cast, or I'm I'm fine with. So, um, you just yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I think having the character be like you know pretty cool in the beginning, right? Like you got to see him in like tough situations it's sort of an action comic right so he's always shooting up something at our our kill count and such and uh you know the initial run like way back like first couple issues of course is kind of like how he relates to the world right that's how we mentioned in our intro um but yeah all, all of these um all of these issues that we've been dealing with really don't really have much 
inner monologue. Like there's no thoughts, you know, there's not much dialogue. Like if, if Mark Hazard's not going to say any, anything and be real terse, like, well, gee, thanks for rescuing me guys. Or, you know, tree top and then they hug kind of thing. Like, I mean, you got to give us something, right? Like, what is he thinking? What's going on? Um, and I think it's okay to kind of keep things in suspense. Um, I don't mind how they did that. I was, we're, we're, we don't know who he's going after until he comes into and finds Gray Malkin. And we don't know who he's going after again until he goes back to his old home and, you know, to kill the, the new husband guy, uh, Gordon. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I have a real hard time with Mark Hazard dying to the lame new husband, right? Like, if he's going out, right, he should be going out in a cool way and not just, you know, carelessly walking up to a guy with a gun that's shooting him. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, you know, sweep the leg, knock the gun out of his hands, you know, maybe take a shot, like some, something. Yeah, I feel like Mark Hazard went out like the ultimate chump. <laughs> Ouch. Right. Uh, New husband took his wife, took his life, you know, like, oh. Uh, I struggle with that. Mm. The uh, whatever I keep when this this page here keeps distracting me with Jones' uh, negligee or whatever. Yeah, do people normally sleep in those? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Gordon's in like tidy whiteies, except they're black. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. I I I kind of. I haven't gone back to look at the the nom, which was Murray's um, first book, and it was pretty well regarded at the time. But I don't know if he just had never developed that the sort of comic book techniques that like so many of the other writers have of you know yeah narration boxes and internal monologues and things. So if you're just thinking of this as like you know how would I write an action movie yeah but you're missing out on some good comic book specific you know tropes and thing and tools to help really get you inside this guy and identify with him or something so yeah you're right the, the you know it's it's uh, it's been a few months of yeah definitely a distance from mark hazard whether you know purposeful or accidental <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, we haven't really had a replacement either. Like, like, yeah, Lincoln Griffin, but he has a grandfather who helps set up missions and maybe has a history of something. And they, he knows Mark Hazard and, you know, a couple of issues of Lincoln Griffin. And like, what do I know about him other than like they know some of the same people and he's also a mercenary? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the maybe if you called it the Mercs and it was like a team, I'm, I'm now I'm proposing something very GI Joe sounding. I know, <laughs> but um, you know, if it's, it, it gets back to like, what's so special about Mark hazard? Well, you know, he's got these qualities and this history and he's, but it's not like he's got a unique place in, um, in the new universe that, you know, it's like they're telling us, oh, you know, anyone could do this job or something. You know, it's not like the guy who the president always calls when there's, you know, some national emergency or some, you know. So, 
yeah, we've lost a sense of that. And, you know, without the, the character himself to hang on, yeah, it just gets harder and harder to be invested in. Um, and yeah, so, what yeah. to do? What to do? Well, the comic's like 37 years old, so, not, so nothing, <laughs> nothing we can do. <laughs> Not much I can do now, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I think you said the last time the um, or not the um, justice ad that's off. I said the last page that mm-hmm. is strong stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we had complained early about how they weren't advertising themselves. So, like, thankfully, we have Universe News back and the checklist for what issues are coming up. Um, but yeah, the justice ad is the in that real dark sort of Keith Giffen style. It seems kind of taken from that issue of justice where he was uh, kind of bleeding out in the snow and still trying to uh, take down the bad guys. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so <sighs> at least some of the books are heading in a positive direction. <laughs> uh, let me see. For a grade for Mark Hazard Merck, I don't know. I'll say C plus. I feel like I'm I'm finally being beaten down a bit. (laughs) What about you? Like beaten down into acceptance? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Not going to fight it anymore. Gordon kills Mark Hazard, or even if he's not quite, uh, we kind of know he is. Uh, F. Ah, The art's junk. The writing's junk. I hate it. What is you what have you done to my boy? My boy. Oh. Yeah, that would be my first one. Yeah, I read this and you know, like yeah, it goes along kind of like as we've been used to. Um, you know, kind of action scenes, not a lot of words, not a lot going on. Um, I don't know much about any of these characters that has hadn't been introduced in the first couple issues and uh yeah, I just feel like they kind of forced it to, to wrap it all up. I, I don't like the change that, you know, the ex-husband is, was really no knowingly uh, trying to get Mark Hazard killed. Uh, I liked him more as sort of the, the spineless guy. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I can't get behind this stuff. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll go back up to a C for Link for lincoln griffin merc and issue 12 but we'll see if they pull a switcheroo and priestess becomes the new merc i'll i'll bump up one letter grade for that that would be more interesting or like mall right like have the original team yeah i'm picking up the torch for you (laughs) okay um, oh, we can't solve all of our problems with explosions. This isn't an assassination mission. It's a rescue mission. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. As we promised, we are going to go through the um, the official entries or the new, the entries that are posted this uh, month's universe news for the official slogan of the new universe contest. So we'll take turns reading these back and forth and uh, giving just a immediate response. Um, mm. The new universe is in and out of this world. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, two out of five. Uh, new ideas, new people, new universe. Mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> um, make mine the new you too. <laughs> you too, like the band. Yeah, that sounds too much like a slogan for the new albums coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Two two out of five. Uh, next one, the new universe. Live it. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, thumbs down on that one. Yeah. Switching systems to thumbs down, thumbs up. In with the new. Mm, halfway. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Make mine universal. That sounds like Universal Studios Florida or something. <laughs> I was going to say I appreciated the different approach, but yeah, okay. It does... <laughs> All those Universal Studios uh, productions, I don't think you're going to be able to use this without violating several uh, trademarks. So. <laughs> so far, we're pretty stuck on the Make Mine Marvel thing. So, New Universe, the next generation. Wow. <laughs> Is this before Star Trek, the next generation? Uh, it's right around that time. So I don't know if that came out first or not. I'm guessing it did. If that's first, I'm thumbs up in that one. Let's Google you up there. <laughs> I mean, we'll send this to the research department. Um, <laughs> Next one is just, what's new? <laughs> it doesn't sound like a slogan. It doesn't even have a question mark. I'll do the new. <laughs> is that more like a do the do? People had a lot of commercials in their heads in those days, I guess. I'll do it. I'll do the new. Don't try and stop me. <laughs> uh, next one, where the concept is reality. I mean, I, I think it's, I get where he's going with that one, but it doesn't flow off the tongue well. It's a little try hard. Sorry, John Stark Jr. of Houston, Texas. <laughs> if you're listening, thumbs down. <laughs> Maybe Similarly, our first email to the podcast will be an angry email. It's like, I'm John Stark Jr. <laughs> How dare you say my name? That was the one guy <laughs> in Texas. Uh, similarly, we have experience the ultimate reality. Oof. It might be overselling it a bit. Yeah. And plus, this was used or would have worked later as in the ultimate line, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Thumbs down. Uh, next one, it's universal. Mm. Long silent pause. <sighs> New universe, hot comics for cool readers. <laughs> now you're really overselling it. And, uh, <laughs> this might of... be my favorite, but not because it's good. <laughs> hot comics for cool readers. Like I need a, I need my sunglasses and. <laughs> Maybe that Tang shirt from the ads for Tang stuff, the drink. Uh, next, next to last, the penultimate one on this list is news the word. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like that. Actually, you like that one? I'm thumbs thumbsing it down. News the word, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll finish up with true to the new. True to the new. Mm. I'm not feeling it. 
it's before I know this comes out before a word to your mother was a thing. So <laughs> um, no, 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 it's kind of hard to beat like the world outside your window, I guess. Though so far my favorite is hot comics for cool readers. <laughs> that makes me feel cool. We'll change out our all the uh, logos on the website and Twitter account to like pictures of ourselves in sunglasses, you know, like flashing Fonzie's thumb up or something. I don't know. Do you want to be the one holding the skateboard or the surfboard? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to leave the shirt off if I hold a, a, a surfboard, I think. So, so you're saying skateboard? <laughs> yeah. Um, already. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Kickers Inc. number 11. Welcome back. We're going to head right into our second book today, Kickers Inc. number 11, which uh, cover dated September 87. Probably also hit the stands June 2nd, 1987. And as we'll recall, our last issue of Kickers Inc. was um, a big um, sort of setup for the kickers as they were tricked into a uh, mission on this, um, let's say Caribbean or Central American island, San Leandro, where there was a uh, couple of, um, as it turns out, American um, Air Force pilots or something being held, as well as a experimental plane that was um, crashed offshore. And the CIA had tricked Jack and the kickers into going down and trying to rescue these guys um, by planting a wife maybe to one of the guys who said that she needed help. And Jack, of course, was like, all right, let's go down there without guns, storm into this hostile sovereign nation and, uh, you know, just get these guys back. It'll be fine. You guys stay on the plane. I'll do all the hard work. And it, uh, it went about as well as you'd expect in uh, a world outside your window. Um, well, except no, no one got like the pilots didn't get killed, which is what would have probably happened or something. But, um, Jack was faced with the final moral dilemma of having to actually, yeah, shoot down some of the um, enemy soldiers uh, when they were about to kill his wife. So um, he went back pretty angry feeling uh, betrayed and confronted some you know, low-level guys in the Pentagon who were just trying to get more information out of him um, and stormed off from that. So that's where we left them the last time. My uh, re quick recap that I wrote in my notes, which is funny, I thought, it was uh, Kickers Inc. got scammed by the CIA into a rescue mission, forcing Jack to kill Sandri San Leandro soldiers and ruining his faith in everything. There you go. Okay. <laughs> well, you just do the intro next time. Come on. Um, I just didn't want to waste the notes. 
<laughs> I I could have used them and then credited you afterwards, maybe mm. if the ratings go up. Um, <laughs> I'm the only one who checks the rating, so I'll just pretend that they went up. Um, the um, faith in humanity comes in important in this one. And so, yeah, that was a um, something that we had seen a promo for a similar story way back, like issue four or five. And so we finally got this story, got it out. And um, now into issue 11, we were do- dealing with some ram- repercussions from that uh, episode. So the cover, we have um, a nice shot all action of um, Jack beating um, his friend Brick Wall in a hand-to-hand, fist-to-fist, mano-a-mano hate crime. <laughs> like a poster you would see in a, um, you know, say his name uh, shrine somewhere. Are you going to oh, let geez. white supremacy uh, do this to our brothers? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah this image out of context would certainly uh make the proud boys happy <laughs> uh i'm not sure who it's credited to sw it's not Steven. me <laughs> what no um and at the bottom of the it uh, it doesn't have a uh, statement or anything except for kicker versus kicker okay um they're all in their uh, kickers inky uniforms, I should say. Uh, logos in white. Logos in white. Both issues today. Uh, Classic white. Classic. Uh, inside, we have a eighty mm, percent splash page with um, uh, one panel above of uh, a dartboard. And next to a Kickers Inc. poster, which is kind of cool. They should have put some of those out. Yeah, we're going to have to make them ourselves. Uh, here, let me write that down. Poster. Okay. The um, And there's a dart flying from a hand. And there's um, some narration boxes. Okay, so narration. There we go. Bullseye, dead center, and shaft deep. <laughs> that's gotta be dart slang right (laughs) (laughs) oh i didn't uh, realize there was so much slang involved jack magna conti is mad he has been betrayed by his wife by his friends and by his government i would reverse the order on those (laughs) i think jack magna conti is writing this narration (laughs) (laughs) darlene isn't sleeping with anyone jack i don't know why he would even include her in that but and then uh, below the uh, large panel in question, we trust. Um, we see a, a like the rec room of the Magna Conti home. Uh, Jack is uh, throwing a throwing these darts at the dartboard uh, and talking to his wife Darlene, who is leaning against the pool table. Um, that is the fact, and as Darlene Magnaconti knows from her vain attempts ever since the kickers returned from San Leandro, uh, asterisk, see Kickers Inc. number 10 for the full story, he's in no mood to listen to the reason. We were all naive, Jack. 
why is it so hard for you to accept that? Um, so it, like we say, follows straight on from the last issue. And I think, oh, I think it's the same writer, but I forget if the artist was, it's different. It was uh, the credits, Dwight Zimmerman script, Larry Alexander pencils and Jerry Talayok inks. I keep wanting to say like Tlaylock, one of these like Aztec gods, but I don't, that's not mm. how you pronounce it. Um, the next page we get into what I'll tell you right up front is my biggest problem with this issue. So many panels per page that I cannot, I can barely count them. We got 12 panels in this page. <laughs> 12 panels and lots of words. Dialogue in each and every one. <sighs> okay, starting from the top left. <laughs> Quick note, uh, new writer and new artist. The writer and artist are, were different in the previous issues. Oh, you're right. It's Adam Blaustein was the writer for before. Okay. Your, uh, thank you, research department uh, slash box of comics sitting next to desk <laughs> uh darlene uh goes through a quick recap of the last issue um and says that you know we all felt betrayed when we discovered the truth that the civilians were really air force pilots and a whole army was um between us and the rescue and you kept us from being killed but we still had to fight our way out and we see Jack uh, gunning down some innocent uh, San Leandro soldiers who really did nothing wrong. Nothing. <laughs> CIA had tricked us into doing their dirty work, but when you demanded answers, they stonewalled. She continues, now that's exactly what you're doing to me and the other kickers, shutting us out because we disobeyed you and landed on San Leandro too. Jack accidentally throws the dart into the Kickers Inc. poster now. And uh, he's in the next panel sort of getting ready to throw another one while Darlene's grabbing his arm. And then don't turn away from me. It's true. You haven't heard a word I said since we returned. And then she jumps in front of between him and the dartboard and is like, genius. I, I'm going to, I'm going to break you out of your shell. Even if I have to make myself a direct tar target of your anger, Darlene, no. <laughs> And Jack is thinking to himself, I couldn't stop. I released the dart. Could only try to deflect it slightly, but it would kill her. And it goes right by her head. So yeah, Jack almost killed Starlene on page two. He... Yeah, just a little hole in the neck. She'll be fine. Mm, well, he's got superpower. So like, I'm assuming these darts are, you know, going with his edge which is to say be cheating um and would kill a normal person if they hit them she gasps and he yells at her some more some that was stupid worse than stowing away to stan leandro <laughs> she didn't stow away what is i mean they all land they were all in the plane and landed so she didn't stow away right okay Different tell me writer. i'm not crazy uh, so I've got nothing to say except for this. Good night. And then we have a nice transition there. Actually, they they're flipping off the light at uh, the Magna Connie home while someone's flipping on the light 
at the Kickers Inc. headquarters, Jack's office. And someone's thinking to themselves, no one is here. Bueno. Now, quickly to deliver my package and leave before I am seen. But Benigno Feliciano barely reaches Jack, Jack Magnaconti's desk when, found you! No! <laughs> and it's got the exclamation mark upside down and before the word as well as after, so you know he's Spanish. Yeah, even though he's just very, saying no. Yeah, It's, no! Sorry. Good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if it had a little tilde above, it would be even better. And uh, wow, talk about jumpy. You're white as a sheet, Ben. It's a uh, brick, brick wall. Um, sorry, I shouted. Is okay, Senor Brickwall. The fault is mine. I am embarrassed, how you say. My son, Juan, he is big smashers fan. I made, he made this, insisted I give it to Senor Jack. We're uh, laying it on a little heavy with Policiano here. Um, but, um, hey, I understand. He's like made a little paper mache thing for Jack to sign. And Brick is like, ah, oh, I understand completely. I've got three kids myself. Really? Talk about we didn't know Brick Wall very well, I guess. <laughs> and he's like, I was looking for you because I had to sign for the delivery of some janitorial supplies and Madre Dio, you you signed it? Yeah, yeah, so. Supplies are my responsibility. Never do that again. Never! Well, okay, uh, I guess. <laughs> Bite my head off. So, Brick's thinking to himself as, uh, it's, well, Benigno is his first name. When we signed our janitor services contract with SantaServe and got Ben, he really impressed me. He worked hard and was so easygoing. Him being touchy like this, something about it isn't natural. Maybe he just really is careful about his paperwork. He's, he's, he's very careful. I hated to yell at Senor Brickwall. He did not know the mistake he made. Uh, the janitor supplies he signed for are in truth packages of cocaine. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, got a bunch of white powdery um, packages there. It was just labeled farm implements. <laughs> no, stuff in with supplies. <laughs> janitor supplies. The boss of Sunnyserve told me their old drug transfer site had become hot, or as we say, caliente. <laughs> he needs a new one. <laughs> or as I say, uno nuevo, no uno. I don't, I'm going to stop that. <laughs> he said these kickers headquarters would be an ideal, ideal cover. And they just started today. So I'm supposed to take this out back and uh, for the pickup spot. But at the same time, as he wheels this like janitor supplies through the voluminous halls of Kickers Inc. HQ, we see Suicide. And uh, Suicide um, had, if you'll remember, uh, gotten hurt because he was shot while wearing a Kevlar vest and thinking that made him a superhero. And uh, they were like, oh, I think I cracked a rib or something. So here it is. Um, suicide's working out and saying, my cracked rib seems to be recovering okay. I wish I could say the same about Jack's wounds. Ouch. Emotional wounds take a lot harder, to, longer to heal their suicide. 
Um, so he thinks to himself that I got off lucky. That mission killed something inside Jack. He's now become cynical and suspicious of everyone. And then he runs straight into the cart of janitorial supplies slash cocaine. Mm, the cocaine cart. Cocaine cart. Kawam. Arr! Oh, no. Oh, my chest pain. So intense. Can barely breathe or keep complaining while I... <laughs> Ben is also knocked over and all the packages are strewn all over the hallway. And But Ben thinks to himself, senior suicide needs help. But the cocaine, I, if the packages are discovered, my family is dead. <laughs> so he starts stuffing the packages back in the cart before he helps uh, suicide, who is saying, can't take the pain. Got to get some Demerol. This is just drugs everywhere in the kicker's headquarters these days. I don't know what's going on. I'm guessing the athletes don't have a hard time finding painkillers. <laughs> ah, suicides. Well, indeed. But yeah, it's funny because he's like writhing around like a soccer player that somebody bumped into. <laughs> and the janitor is like stuffing the cocaine before he can help the guy. <laughs> it's a funny uh, looking scene, which Brick comes across right at that moment. Suicides hurt, but Ben's ignoring him to put trash back in the bin. The word trash comes up several times in this issue for some reason, which I think is like the writer's confession, subconscious. But anyway, okay. he's working so hard, he doesn't even see me. Why? Why do you feel the need to narrate the scene in your mind, Brick? <laughs> You're just standing there too, Brick. You're just thinking all this stuff out instead of helping suicide. Wait, um, he, he gets suspicious at what the packages look like. Filled with white powder. I'm going to find out after I help suicide. Suicide, your ribs. Nothing broken, just in pain. And damn childproof cap. <laughs> uh, uh, those no things were, used to be terrible. So, um, Benigno is like, oh, okay, here, let me help you, senor. Bricks. Let me get these drugs for you while I since I've already hidden my other drugs. <laughs> what kind of drugs do you want there, senor? I, I have a variety. Wait, Ben, those pills aren't the answer. But the pain, Ben, please. Um, Brick gives him a uh, lecture about. Uh, Drugs can be a crutch. Don't fight the pain. Use it. Let it flow out with each breath. But you're a lineman. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so he's he's uh, he wants the Demerol, and uh, Ben get, throws him a few pills. Doctor Feelgood, they call Ben. You know, but uh, um, Rick's concerned about how many he's taken. Ease up, will you? You're eating drugs like candy there, suicide. And your name, nickname will become your epitaph if you don't watch out. So Jeez. as uh, suicide gets high as a kite, Rick confronts Ben. What's going on with the packages and the garbage? Nothing, just trash and janitor supplies. You're telling me this is industrial strength detergent? No, 
It is how you say cocaine. <laughs> he spills the beans pretty quick. Yeah. He fly, they're back in uh, this Jack's office or Bricks. I don't know. Maybe Bricks because there's a daddy poster on the wall. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, yeah. wall's office. Okay. That's way more cocaine than he usually has in his office. <laughs> so it must be millions of dollars worth of cocaine here. All right, Ben, before I call the police, what's the story? It is most difficult to explain, senors. I, my family and I, we are illegal aliens. Okay. If the cocaine is not picked up by noon, my wife and child will be killed. What? That's suicide. (laughs) See, in my home country, I owned a newspaper. I was prosperous. Then came the military coup and the harassment and death threats. We see him. uh, Apparently, he published this newspaper. uh, All the equipment being smashed by police or something. I needed to. The United States had nothing to do with this military coup. The CIA did nothing to do with this, probably, except for instigate it and fund it. But aside from that, Completely innocuous. I needed to escape an organization, the Heart of Liberty, so they could get my family and myself political asylum in America for a price. The NGOs are always pulling this sort of thing. It cost me everything I owned, but we escaped barely in time. So they're sneaking aboard a ship, and then they're uh, suddenly talking to a couple of people in a tenement, when we arrived in America, we discovered we had been tricked. Our sanctu- promised sanctuary was a tenement, and we were now illegal aliens permanently indentured to organized crime. Oh, man. It would be great if, like, the fist was superseded by the Heart of Liberty, which is actually the name for an organized crime family. But maybe we won't get that far along. Yeah, only in our hopes and dreams. Uh, write that down though. The heart of liberty equals um, CIA front organization. I don't know. To protest or inform the police meant death or deportation. I had to become a secret drug courier for their front company, Sanaserve. We'll throw that on there with the uh, chemical company that was uh, giving uh, Ken Connell a hard time. Oh, Isherwood Chemical, I think, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's one of the evil. C- Companies that control the new universe. Santa serve. Do your janitorial supplies include cocaine? Perhaps you're not being served by Santa serve. <laughs> Popular for businesses that have a lot of office parties. Uh, so are you using the headquarters to transfer drugs? Today was the first time. I swear it. Even though I've lied about everything else and my <laughs> visa status. This time you should believe me. Senores, my dreams have all been destroyed. Soon my family will die, and for my folly as well. No way, Ben. Kickers Inc. was created to help people like you in trouble. We'll get you out of this fix. Gracias, Senor Suicide. But can you save my family in time? Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> so. I'm guessing we'll find out. Uh, Brick and Suicide decide to help him with the pickup. And if trouble is, that makes us accomplices. Uh, but we've got no choice. Bring in the police and Ben will be deported back to his legal country of residence. 
Yeah. Terrible. Um, so they're like, we can't make this decision on our own. We'll have to call Jack, except he's been in a terrible mood lately and hates everyone. But anyway, he's the boss. Uh, at the Magna Cani home, Darlene is woken up by the phone. Um, and she's doesn't expect anything um, to be too important first. Um, when she picks it up and wait, it's the kicker's private line. Something big must be up. Good Lord. Look at the time. I've never slept this late before. I mean, this is the morning. It's like 1130. She feels exhausted and hello, brick. What's the problem? And there's an explanation. You're right. Jack must decide. Hold on. I'll get him. She looks around and Jack's gone and the bed wasn't slept in. They don't sleep together. It's weird, darling. Um, she tells Brick that they had a fight and last night and he's gotten worse with his uh, PTSD from San Leandro. I think he spent the night somewhere else. He is not a rich, handsome football player who could score other women faster than like a normal person could pick up a, a fast food. But uh, I don't know where he is. So uh, go ahead and do what you think is best. I'll take the responsibility and I'll come over soon. Rick uh, says, okay, let's just go ahead with the, the pickup and uh, we'll figure it out when we get, you know. So they put the drugs back in the thing and tell Ben to go um, follow the original orders for the pickup. And then they'll follow him. Before tonight comes, your family will be free of the mob. That's a promise. Mm. <laughs> we'll promise see. from us the people who can't promise anything like that uh, then cautiously Ben pushes the garbage thing out and to where he there's like a pickup uh, dumpster and is throwing the cocaine in there to be picked up and he's you know thankful to suicide in brick but uh, it thinks it'll take a real miracle to get him out of this problem Suicide's like, you look worried, Brick. Why? It's Jack. Uh, if he comes in now, it'll be a disaster because he's so suspicious. He'll destroy everything. Uh-oh. Jack, of course, is just pulling up in the parking lot. I was right. Suicide. Head for the front door. Jack's here. <laughs> I love they're afraid of him. Is uh, They get down to head off Jack. And we've got to talk. There's an emergency. Make it good and brief, Brick. And they summarize everything in another panel. Jack is not happy. It enrages him even more. You gullible idiot. How do you know you're not being used? Like I was in San Leandro. Where's your proof that Ben's not lying? We, we have none, Jack. So you're risking our lives and the existence of Kicker's Inc. Slowly on the word of a man caught red-handed with millions in cocaine. Okay. Okay. He's got a point okay. there. <laughs> <laughs> so he says he's going to take over. And the first thing we're going to do is grab Ben and the pickup man. Then they'll call the police and then they'll bust the crime, the drug ring. So the kickers will be in the clear and the real criminals will be in jail. But Jack, your plan condemns Ben and his family to death. Or possibly simply deportation to the country where he grew up and all his other family is. And, but anyway, that would be terrible, I guess. 
Ridiculous. I'm no executioner. A fair trial will decide their fate. Fair trial. Jack, you're still pretty naive there, to be honest. Anyway, Brick is like, draws the line, you know, draws a line. Because you're wrong, Jack, you're letting San Leandro destroy the noble principles you used to create kickers. We're helping Ben, even if we have to fight you to do it. And the two of them form a line between Jack and Ben. Uh-oh. <laughs> Can Jack uh, possibly fight them with his edge? Well, yeah, obviously. So <laughs> he tosses aside suicide, probably cracking his ribs some more, and then throws Brick back 20 feet into a couch. Suicide is uh, saying to himself, my chest need another Demerol. <laughs> Man, he really is all up in those Demerols. Uh, yeah, it's a, a very naturalistic progression. Suicide went from happy-go-lucky guy to drug addict in two pages. But um, he, he, he tells Ben to get into the office or I'll throw him like the others. See, I will go. And uh, he throws a filing cabinet in front of the door to block them all inside the office. And uh, he thinks he's going to go, uh, you know, save the day himself while the three of them hide in the office. Um, there's a phone call and it's from Darlene, who's apprised of the situation. And uh, then um, she's on her way in the car. Um, Brick decides he's going to get them out of the office by pushing this um, filing cabinet. And Brick, you know, he's a strong guy. He's a big guy. He's not a super powered big guy. So he keeps hitting this thing, uh, the immovable object the, versus the irresistible force of Brick Wall. Arg! <laughs> Doesn't look too promising. No, it's definitely Jack, his shoulder hard into that wall there. Um, yeah, yeah so. the important thread as Darlene's on the phone, she's thinking to herself, still so tired. And after 12 hours of sleep, this just isn't natural. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. She's uh, tired when she gets up, has slept too long, tired when she's driving. Jack, meanwhile, is uh, confronting the drug pickup who's in a garbage uh, you know, truck freeze buster. Your operation is finished. You're going to jail. Brick is smashing against the door. Doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And um, the guy in the garbage truck is like, I don't know who that is, but I'm, I got the, all the cocaine. So I'm taking off. Um, Jack starts chasing him and uh, grabs a, Oh, what do you call it? Parking. He calls yeah, it a like, concrete abutment. Fancy, yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah, that thing at the end of your parking spot, like a little trapezoid shape of concrete stuck yeah. in the ground. Yeah. I want to call it a curb, but maybe not. And he's like, distrained to tear it loose, my edge. Is it finally starting to fade? <laughs> um, No. He, Will this uh, ever get mentioned in the rest of the comic book or just be a strange dead end comment? It's just, just two seconds I was worried about myself, but no, no I'm not. 
So, oh no, Brick got the pushed the doors open. He, Suicide, and Ben start heading out while Jack throws that concrete thing to uh, try to um, get into the garbage truck's way. It has to swerve or no, it smashes in the rear axle. And now this is swerving around. Darlene is coming up in their car and is thinking that out of control truck is going to swerve into that stopped minivan. The people in it will be killed unless I can deflect it by ramming it with my Jeep. So she hits the gas and jumps out as she's going. Thank goodness for the padding in the kickers uniforms. Otherwise I'd be a wreck too. So yeah, she uh, is, she rammed her Jeep into the garbage truck that was as it was coming, which was only doing that because of Jack throwing the thing at it. This is the Darlene I know and love, though, right? Darlene from like issue two when she was shooting the machine gun, like she's aims her car at the trash truck, jumps out of the seat and lets it careen into it. Like, action. Yeah, it's not. Um, I mean, that's that part's fun. It's. Uh, yeah, it's a little like long, like uh, such an extreme, like long shot that it's it's loses some of its impact that she's doing all this sort of action, jumping around stuff. Yeah, no, art wise, it doesn't. There's doesn't so much. It's it such well. a tiny panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just this like series of weird, you know each member of kickers arguing with the other and then doing things to like undercut each other or stuff that, that I'm kind of getting from the story so far, but anyway, kicker versus kicker. It is. So back uh, to Jack, who's running towards this and he sees what's going on and um, brick and suicide and Ben are in another car that is picking up Darlene and he's like, what are they doing? Cause he's seeing all this from a distance. Wait, don't throw your life away. Jack, you're so full of hurt, shame and hate. You can't see it. Wallow in self pity all you want, Jack, but don't demand I join you. I've got more important things to do like saving lives. <laughs> and some on the couch tonight. Indeed. The police arrive and uh, it's like, what's going on? There's a bunch of cocaine in here. And Jack just runs away. It's a disaster. I got to save my wife and friends. Um, so he jumps into a sports car and heads up towards Harlem, which is uh, where Brick told me Ben's apartment is. I forget if Spanish Harlem is also up in the uh, Harlem or I thought like Lower East Side was more the Spanish neighborhood, but okay. What a, yeah, either I way. My, I don't know my city well. It's changed over the years. So as despite Jack's determined and risky efforts to close the da- gap, the closer he gets to the bridge, the more traffic becomes bumper to bumper. So he's following them in his car and now he's stuck in traffic and starts thinking to himself how he can't trust anyone. Um, how he, like, you know, basically he's 
his suspicion of all clients now is sky high. And he tries calling them on the phone. All these guys have um, car phones, which was which existed in the 80s, um, but were pretty unusual. Um, totally something like rich people would have, though, right? Yeah, reasonably so. Or, or Kickers Inc. Super Team. Yeah. So um, they in the other car with the other teammates and Ben. Um, Brick says, "Don't pick it up." Darlene's like, "But maybe I could reason him with him." No. You're dreaming, Darlene, and you know it. Jack's obsessed. Talking to him now is worse than useless. So, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> they're all mad at each other, and uh, the the Jack is uh, still stuck in traffic, and he's taking the uh, off ramp from the freeway. But he's uh, says he's going to find him if he has to search every inch of Harlem. Okay, Jack, it's a little bigger than you know than you seem to think, but okay. Jack is on his way while the others head to uh, Ben's apartment, I guess, to get his wife and kids to so they'll be safe. And um, since they're being held by the uh, mobsters, um, they, the, the, they make a plan of attack where um, a couple of them are climbing up the fire escape uh, to get the drop on them, I guess. Yeah, I'm um, trying to do it more Batman style, I guess. You know, yeah. going through a window or, or one of those roof skylight things that they always like crashing through. <laughs> you didn't expect the kickers. Um, but as usual, they make Darlene wait in the car. <laughs> but now, yeah, Darlene is waiting in the car. Again, she's not a stowaway in the car. She's just waiting in the car. She came normally with... Anyway, she's worried about... Um, you know, if Jack's right and Ben has duped us, this would mean the end of Kickers and my marriage. She's, uh, yeah, okay. Provided any of us survive. Sometimes, uh, so she starts uh, again, suddenly so tired, feel like passing out. Been like this all day. Could I have picked up a subtropical disease in San Leandro? That's actually like not at least a, an idea that you could, you know. Oh yeah, maybe you did. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, this seems to come from nowhere, and you know, I'm I'm sure the comic will re- resolve this by the end of the issue. I mean, you know, there's no way they could not resolve it. Seems like a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> They've made such a big deal out of it. There's one thing I've learned in this issue: uh, that illnesses have explanations. I really like though it's maybe a, a touch ahead from where we're reading, but the uh, phone cord spiral uh, panel divide mm. on page seventeen is nice. Yeah, so she calls Jack from again this car phone, and you have a nice double panel of Jack on uh, in his car talking on the phone to Darlene in the other car talking on the phone, and yeah, instead of like just a panel normal panel divider we have the phone cord dividing the two that is a nice touch i appreciate it um she's he's angry and she's like i'm so weak was this a mistake no jack you listen hear me out or i'll hang up 
then we have about a page of Darlene falling asleep and talking. And I, <laughs> I wish I could do like an authentic voice that somehow combined those things, but I, I have to like, you know, <laughs> tap out at this point. Yeah. When you turn that page to 1819, it's like, like you, like the feeling you get when you open up to like a, a two page spread, like art splash page, right. There's that big, <laughs> piece of art like covering the whole thing and maybe only a couple words like this is whatever the opposite of that is (laughs) every word possible known to man (laughs) oh we've got about eight panels on the first page and it's only about seven on the the follow-up but yeah dialogue heavy both of them um but the first page is yeah darlene are you still there? Of course, I'm still on the line. <laughs> That's Jack, of course. Is this your idea of a joke? <laughs> no, I'm just tired. No. She's, uh, she tells him, you know, just because we can't prove that Ben isn't lying, how can we, you know, not try to be the kicker's ink that we were meant to be? And here, interestingly, our first case. Mrs. Murano, did she have any proof that we were anything but a cheap publicity stunt? No, but she had faith. She called us. Asterisk C, Kickers Inc. Number two. Darlene, your voice, it's so weak. Like you. You're weak, Darlene. (laughs) Forget my voice. Think instead about Michael Courtney. You trusted us, too. (laughs) It's like... So that's the funny thing is like, I mean, if the, you know, it feels like this, um, this could have been stuck in, you know, much faster. We went through those two um, issues. And then if like the mission on San Leandro was issue four, and then this was issue five, we would have a completely different kickers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whether that was like an aborted attempt or some, I don't know, but. Darlene's in the car, half passed out. Remember when Tom DeFalco was writing us? <laughs> you remember the witches of Westwood or whatever it was? Remember when you kept finding those things in your locker from the fist? <laughs> when Brick was like, you hurt a guy like we had, he got hurt. What was that again? I forget now. <clears throat> anyway. Her voice like a whisper from someone near death. What's wrong? Anyway, she 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 keeps at him and uh, he's like, Darlene, just give me your location. I'll call the police. Just bust the drug ring. You get an ambulance. No, restoring your faith in others is more important. <laughs> oh, dear. Promise you'll help Ben first. To avoid INS and any of our immigration laws. Ah, I didn't realize they were doing this back then, but you know. Anyway, um, ironically, can... she might have been perked up with a little bit of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic indeed. Um. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably... So. Jack Meanwhile. probably got her with the sodium pentothal instead. <laughs> yeah, DP7, when they were tranked, 
didn't like fade out so badly. So <laughs> start reminiscing about previous issues. Oh, back upstairs. Um, Ben's apartment. Um, they made it inside without being seen. And uh, Ben reunites with his wife um, and says that they've come to uh, take them. Oh, and he has uh, also another uh, child, um, Carla, I guess. But the one with their back to there is back to us. Helpfully is labeled Juan, who we've been referred to before. I appreciate that. Oh, Benigno, at last, bueno. And uh, Juan immediately recognizes the kickers. Your suicide and brick wall. Sure are. That's some grip, Juan. I practice. And uh, you'll have, once we're safe, you'll have to scrimmage together. Now that'll be a real heartwarming idea. Too bad it's going to be postponed permanently. Jimmy, Chuck, keep them covered. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's an old school way of saying that. Keep them covered. I wanted to do a more Italian thing for that, but I cannot right now. Hold on. <laughs> The uh, so Benigno and his no, just Benigno Caramba, the boss or El Jefe. I don't know, anyway. So, yeah, the uh, the guy there continues, yeah, Manny the boss scampetti at your service. Got word that my janitor supplies in a police property because of you. And you nosy jocks cost me a bundle. And I'm going to collect. I I mean, as if there's not enough word balloons in this panel. For some reason, there's a TV on in the corner. And they're watching uh, the TV show Sledgehammer, which was a thing in the at that time. <laughs> but why would they have the TV? I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's know. there. It's there. So um it's also a radio on and one is listening <laughs> to a walkman and like could we just please focus on the important panels? Uh so anyway, the drug lab in the basement and Santa serves now history. Um, but it ain't over. We'll start up again, free and clear elsewhere, because we're not taking the rap. You and the wetbacks are. <gasps> I mean, this, this feels like inter-ethnic uh, conflict between Italians and whatever Benigno is. I don't know. Yeah, we don't really know, actually. Yeah. But uh, he's like, I'm going to ice you besides a bunch of coke refining gear in the basement. Then torch the place. When the cops come, they'll call it a mob vendetta hit. Are, are you telling me you're not the mob? I don't get it, dude. You'll be the patsies. Neat, ain't it? You corrupt, heartless snake. Suicide's mad. So's Brick. Um, At least he was kind enough to explain everything. <laughs> so then uh, uh, Brick, thinking quickly, uh, says, uh, okay, Scampetti, I know the score. We're condemned men. So about one last request. Maybe what is it? <laughs> Suicide. 
told Juan here he'd play the scrimmage with him. Let us do it now. You want to play some football with the kid? Sure, why not? Go ahead and give him a thrill, since it'll be his last. Um, this is a terrible idea all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know which one of these to be lose more respect for. Brick for having such a crappy idea, or the the boss Scampetti for for buying it. I mean, anyway. football players, it's what they know. Ah, <laughs> so if they try anything funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. So they do a little scrimmage play, and uh, Suicide reads the signal that Brick is uh, giving him, and he so he knows which pattern to run. What is he planning? Is he playing what they think he's planning? So they uh, they run it, and somehow Brick gets both of the gunmen at the same time and takes them out, and both. Suicide, uh, eh, he trips over him, I think, and suicide is off down the stairs to uh, go look for help. Uh, suicide's uh, ribs at that point are, again, must have pulled him. <laughs> Sorry? His ribs are running low on Demerol. <laughs> it's, uh, must have pulled a muscle. Feels like a knife. Uh, it just gets worse. He gets down to the ground floor and runs smack into Jack. <sighs> so close. Can't go any further. Is uh actually you can't tell that that's Jack, I think, but so maybe it's meant to be a surprise a couple of panels later. Except it's all on the same page, so your you know peripheral vision should tell you what the answer to that puzzle is. But back upstairs, uh nice try, Jack. Jimmy's out cold, but your friend won't get far. Suddenly, he gets a football in the face to the other gunman. What? Where'd that football come from? And uh, Jack is there uh, with his edge, of course, um, pulling, holding the guy, uh, Manny, up uh, by his mm, tie, shirt, and ripping the gun out of his hand. So then he he threatens Manny Brick. The police are on their way. Get the Felicianos out of here. Don't worry about this runt fingering them. He just got a bad case of amnesia. Right? Yeah, right. Also, call an ambulance for suicide. He ran into me in the bottom of the stairs. Uh, we'll do, Jack. And thanks. Don't thank me. Thank yourselves. I'll explain later when there's time. Now hurry. We can't let the cops jail a man whose only crime was trying to save his family and avoid immigration laws that are <laughs> on the books. He's Jack's trying to avoid sleeping on the couch at this point. The next day at Lenox Hill Hospital. Uh, yeah, have, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so, who is in the hospital? Suicide. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Suicide is in a hospital bed, and says, not even because of a drug overdose. He's like, he doesn't remember anything except running into a statue, which was Jack. And oh, that was me. You hit me so hard, you knocked me on my keister. So you came out of this pretty lucky suicide, says Darlene. Doctors say you pulled a rib muscle. Take it easy, and you'll be fine. Um. What about the Felicianos? We've got them in a safe place. 
all and I'm going to, uh, this is Darlene talking, and I'm going to do all I can to get them legalized. There you go. <sighs> Figure if I could fight that strange weakness that hit me in the car and convince Jack to help us at the same time, those immigration officials don't stand a chance. <laughs> those are not very closely related things. <laughs> I can I'm, argue with my husband and have a strange weakness. I can definitely work the legal system. All right. Sure thing. Oh, dull. Time to wrap it up quickly. So just start saying whatever's on the top of your tip, tip of your tongue. So um, it's almost worth it to see old Jack back again. Well, first off, suicide. The old Jack isn't back. Too much has happened to that idealist and naive person to ever return. Roll speech to me, speech to me while you were at Ben's place really hit home. But I was too full of self-pity to see straight. And I guess I was also scared of trusting anyone again, afraid I'd be duped. But you three weren't. You refused to give up like I did. There's still a lot about this case I don't like. But the important thing is that Ben and his family are safe. And we're a team again. Also, Darlene, I hope I never get a phone call like that one again. You, you almost scared me to death. I was scared too. I'm better now, but still tired. The doctors are doing a blood test. They'll have a diagnosis soon. What? <laughs> Suicide <laughs> pipes up. Don't worry, Darlene. They'll probably tell you what they told me. Take more iron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But in your case, suicide, they mean pumping iron. (laughs) (laughs) The end. The end. Oof. My. It's like dabbing the sweat from our brows from reading all (laughs) and saying all those words. So many words. Oh my God. I feel like this was, we, we almost had to make this its own episode. Um, yeah, it's, there was so much like going on, on each page and then also so much dialogue going on around it. And the, 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 the story itself, like had so many twists and turns and reversals and, you know, parts to it that, you know, I, I was like, can I just skip through this can i just summarize that no every little detail <laughs> added into the next scene ah mm. darlene's illness here i mean i was thinking pregnancy when the pregnancy second she, doesn't do that to you well it makes you tired at some point right mm, like not when yeah. you're showing or anything yeah but then, like, um, tropical disease, okay, I guess that's also a thing. Maybe she's super, just... super pregnant, pregnant with a super baby. Well, there you go. That would be uh, a weird... her yeah, energy. Yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, we're still waiting for uh, an, another question about the new universe, which is whether paranormality is um, inheritable. So until like a paranormal know. has a kid and that kid is also paranormal, we won't, we don't know the answer to that, but that's just like a, you know, bigger, you know, 
beyond the scope of this <laughs> discussion. Um, okay, so what do we think about this? <laughs> oh, I mean, the writing oh. is bad. I mean, they're very much falling into the trap of having the characters like say everything out loud, even like the obvious things that we know from, say, looking at the pictures. Um, and, and and maybe this is like a Marvel method at its worst, where like they, you know, a little too much of a script in the beginning instead of a plot, you know, so then like everything is said instead of just shown. Um but, but yeah, so it, it's it's a bit of a mess. I also kind of like it um, as even though I think the end of Jack's arc of kind of continually uh, losing it uh, isn't handled well. Um, you know, it's just like, hey, now I'm fine, guys, and let's be friends. And uh, Darlene was right. <laughs> uh, but I, I liked in general the that he was, you know, kind of over the edge here in the beginning that just like just wasn't written well so i, I struggled to rate it um maybe I, i'm just biased enjoying kickers lately but i'll i'll, I'll be minus it it's, it's not good writing but... yeah i was wondering if this was the the it's so bad it's good uh point or not i don't know i I felt worn down sort of by the end, like the density of it was, uh, I don't know, I, maybe the, the writer had also not a lot of experience and so was overthinking it, you know? I've got to have something new on this page and now something new on this page. Yeah, something new ah. on every page. Yeah, the mysteries of the fading powers, which got one panel, and then the Darlene feeling sleepy, which like guess we're gonna hear more from um suicide sudden drug uh dependency and then <laughs> uh freedom from it hopefully I don't yeah know. yeah that was one of the things that like michael jackson was addicted to was that's about it yeah it's sort of a yeah it's i forget if it's opioid or barbiturate but it's definitely yeah it's opioid like, Pethidine, uh, ethyl one methyl four phenyl piperidine dash four carboxylate. Oh yeah, I see. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, the the just and also yeah, Brick has three kids. Really, I guess we we know nothing. Like okay, suicide's the ladies' man. Um, Brick uh, has a family. We just never see. Okay. Yeah, wouldn't he have thought of them as he was going on a combat mission to a South American country in revolution? Okay, maybe. So I don't know the the. Did you give us an, a a rating? I'll give it a straight C. Um, right. It's it's, you know. I was less happy with it than Merck, which at least had was sort of brief and to the point. I, I felt like just overburdened, you know, like, like Merck better because it was over faster. Yeah, almost. It was just I, you know, I guess I didn't uh, factor in how annoyed I am with the fate of Mark Hazard into that one. So, if you asked me, like, you know, to take that into account. Here, yeah, the 
the like sheer um getting through it was was sort of the, the bar bad part for me so i don't know it's a um lesser um effort than the previous ep episodes of kickers which you know have really jumped around a lot um I mean, they've been sometimes funny and goofy, sometimes a little more serious, but still, you know, it's only so serious you can get with this crew. Um, and in a way, well, I mean, I keep thinking that this is really like our approach of reading things just, you know, month by month. You know, if you sat down and read all of Kicker's Inc., I think it's very frustrating, you know, turn the page. It's a new writer. It's a new artist and it's a new storyline month to month. You're like, okay, well, they didn't explain who that detective was who set him up with the guy with the lady last month. And they never followed up on the owner was mad at Jack or whatever, but you know, you're kind right. of, it just sort of, it, it just, flows along better if you're if you're not going directly into it so perhaps um, where there's no uh collected works <laughs> yeah so but yeah i appreciate the handful of rather random issues we've been through recently uh by comparison so mm, yeah take that true but I, I thought it had been trending up but yeah um yeah, they felt like that like we could have had a better resolution to this. Jack is mad and betrayed, but he's <sighs> not anymore. <laughs> no, he's not. Well, let's uh, call it a wrap for this week's episode. And next time, we'll be looking at a better comic book. <laughs> uh, Justice number 11. Justice is dying. But will even the valiant self-sacrifice of his wizard friend be enough to revive him before the evil forces of the Winterland attack? Written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Keith Giffen, and inked by, hey, Vince Coletta. There we go. Or Justice 11, a magician holds the power of life or death over justice. All right. Take a card, any card. Way to go, Webstrel. <laughs> And in DP7 number 11, Hackbarth the Regulator, that is a very villain-like title, decrees that DP7 Stephanie must die. Oh, dang. Me meanwhile, the only free member of DP7, David Landers, meets the uncanny ES people. Are they friends or foes? Haven is written by Grunwald with Paul Ryan, Romeo Tongal, probably. Shorter version, on the run from the clinic, Dave stumbles onto the ES people. But are they friends or foes? I'm starting to wonder about these ES people. Perhaps they are friends, <laughs> but perhaps they are foes. Evil opposite version of Cyforce? Are they, is the woodsman an ES person? No. I didn't see ESP p in him so i don't know um i it feels like that's a thing that gruenwald like a gruenwald writing thing of like titles for teams that you can't imagine people actually saying out loud you know what i mean 
it's okay as written, but like if the second you started like talking about them, you'd be like, wait, this doesn't quite work. But anyway, well, so um, let's see. Let's remind you once again to check out our website, www.kickersinc.com. Uh, it has been recently refreshed with some uh, great new additions. So check it out. Um, and you can also email us, particularly with our new universe slogan contest, still available at um, newuniversepodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, when we'll see you back at the spinner rack. <laughs>